My fellow Americans, I come to you in this time of crisis, humbled and humiliated, that you would turn to this podcast for your entertainment needs. I hope on behalf of myself and first man, Mike, that you all out there practice safe touching and in a reasonable way, and I don't... What's up? Welcome to episode number 180 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for uh, March 18th, 2020. I guess life has done a 180. Yeah, you know, I'm... I'm <laughs> you know all these clickbait bullshit news uh, outlets like Yahoo News? They mm-hmm. are having such a fucking field day... Oh, yeah. Right I'm now. sick and tired of seeing coronavirus news uh, shared on my feed. That's all you see. By That's friends all you see. on Facebook. I'm like, hey, Facebook friends, stop sharing coronavirus articles. It's like we I are aware. I'm pretty sure most people don't want to see them. Uh, a good chunk of them are clickbait and say some really scary shit but then if you read them you're like this is a potential scenario yeah or they say this, this uh, could happen the deaths of coronavirus yeah. are rising well yeah it's 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 an outbreak it's the death rates are going to rise and then they're gonna drop and i mean it's like jesus christ uh, yeah it's just it's ridiculous right now i i read an article i feel for you as well, like in others uh, that are dealing with the. Uh, the uh, closure of your businesses, you know, your your uh, your money uh, machines, so to speak. Yeah. Because uh, how are you going to make a living, like, you know, for all those DJs and bartenders and, you know, so on and so forth. Yes. That's happening all across the country. Just bars shut down indefinitely. So our governor, Ron DeSantis is pretty much followed suit like everybody else in this country and closed down all the bars and nightclubs in Florida for 30 fucking days. And guess where all of my karaoke and trivia gigs take place? Bars and nightclubs and then some Mm -hmm. restaurants. But restaurants, you can have... um, They're they're required to have uh, 50% less capacity uh, or I think something like 50 people at a time can be there, no more than that. And so to be on the safe side... Most of them are just canceled. Well, all of them have canceled trivia for me because I bring people in who want to play mm-hmm. trivia, and the number gets higher when there's trivia. So they just yep. said, yeah, well, no trivia. So no karaoke, no trivia, uh, no money. Thankfully, before this happened, um, I had two gigs kind of two weeks in a row where I got you know a little chunk of change here and there. So I'm not completely fucked but like by the end of this month i'm going to be hurting like i'm going to oh, be yeah. really hurting uh nobody helps me pay my bills i live on my own i pay all my own expenses i have a car i have a rent mm-hmm. i got j uh ja isn't going to mean anything if you don't live in jacksonville i have you know electrical and sewer and plumbing food costs cell phone internet the list fucking goes on and on everybody has bills i'm not unique in that aspect but yeah. My job, I can't work from home. I, I, you know, in times of crisis, the entertainment industry is the first one to take a hit because we are oh, the yeah. least necessary. I mean, look at look at how many movie theaters are just done, just closed. Yeah, um, I mean, movie premieres have been pushed forward or just completely delayed. 
studios are now resorting to uh, posting fairly new releases on demand. It's going to start on Friday with like the Invisible Man, the new Trolls sequel, and uh, the Hunt. They're all going to be on VOD for like nineteen ninety five, and. Damn. To me personally, I think that's too much money. Yeah, it's a little pricey. So I think they really should slash the price to nine ninety five. That's more affordable for people right now. Uh, I think it's going to backfire because people are just going to torrent and pirate the hell out of it if if they need to pay twenty dollars to to do it. Some people will. I think a lot of people though don't feel like putting up with that or dealing with that, or they're yeah. they're afraid of the legal the illegal implications. Yeah. So they're like, oh, I'm just gonna pay it. But yeah, or people are just not gonna do it at all because yeah. it's twenty bucks right now. Yeah, like or, twenty no. bucks is. But then you got people you know. like you and me who are a little bit more craftier who are like, yeah, I could buy. There are ways that I can get this <laughs> if I really want it. <laughs> yeah. If I really want to see it, I can that's see it. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like it. That's gonna happen immediately. I guarantee it. Yeah, like, probably that that those are going to be online in like hours of them going live, and and I think the studios understand that they're trying to make something out of you know the the nothing because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be nothing for who knows how long. Yeah, all these sports uh, um, organizations they've shut down NBA, NHL, MLS, MLB. Uh, indefinitely the nfl is still going forward with free agency and is planning on doing um uh their nfl draft without an audience they moved uh, it from vegas to somewhere else and uh teams are, are are having problems doing physicals with other players or you know doing meetups because of you know what's going on uh but wwe wrestling is still like you know vince mcmahon is is this crazy behind is still like WrestleMania is still gonna happen, but it's gonna be at our performance center with no fans, and it's gonna be streamed Damn. on the network. That's gonna and, be and, awkward as shit. No yes. fans in the audience. That's like fifty yeah. percent of it. The I know. the reaction and the energy off yeah. the crowd. WrestleMania with no fans. Jesus, that's like fucking. That's it's like doing a theater performance and no one in the audience. Hmm. For sure. Spe- on the musical front, literally everything is getting canceled. Tours left and right. We had a show mm-hmm. in April in Atlanta we were going to do. That's That's been canceled. Everything's canceling. So your All- road trip is probably, you know... It's in jeopardy. Uh, uh, the, tour, yeah. the tour that we've been booking for uh, shit since December of not- 2019 um, yeah. it is very, very much uh, in, in question, up in the air right now. Um, I don't even... I don't even want to reach out to music venues right now because i honestly feel a little silly sending them a message being like hey can we play a show at your venue that yeah. that i don't even know if is going to be yeah. around in, in the next month because you might there's have a lot to... of places yeah they're just going to shut down yeah they can't afford the rent right so i you know but we you know we still have uh we i i personally because we me and stephanie broke up the cities that we were going to cover mm-hmm. and and I still need to book, you know, Knoxville, Des Moines, St. Louis, Montgomery. Like I have four yeah. cities I got to book shows in and then the ones we already have booked, who the fuck knows if that show's still going to happen or not. Yeah. yeah, it's not until uh early June, but you know, who w- with with the shock jocks on uh the news now with their fucking clickbait articles about it's going to get so much worse before it ever gets better. We are only uh-huh. in the very early stages. It's like, how do you know? 
How the, are you the virus? How the fuck do you know? Well, I, yeah, I definitely think that some things have been over exaggerated. I think a lot of people, because I know, you know, what gets clicks is is scares. You know, yeah, the, the worst case scenario gets the clicks, and um, I do think that you know things can get crazy potentially, but I don't think it's like the most likely scenario. That it's the worst case scenario is not the most likely scenario to me, especially since we have actually done social distancing we have uh started quarantining things we've been really on top of it uh versus italy which just really just let people do whatever until it was too late so we we haven't really done the same thing that italy has done um so people are looking at italy and thinking that that's going to happen here um and i don't really see that happening but you know i don't know a lot of it's just an unknown sort of thing I mean, I was getting stressed out about potentially, you know, not having uh, work anymore myself. But um, for right now, uh, I've heard from you know my employers that that we're still going to be we're still going to be open um, for how much longer. I don't know, but it seems like in the, in in the interim or whatever, like we're still going to have our doors open and and. Uh, I'm willing to take that risk to go out there and help people and and be a part of, of, of that work environment because it's honestly helping my mental health right now to have, um, you know, my my job still to be able to go to work and and put my focus on, you know, helping people and helping, you know, my company and, and, and my uh, fellow co-workers and everything. I actually had a, a guests come by and, and she said, thanked, uh, thanked me and thanked the company that we're still open right now. There's an older gal and she's like, I don't know what I would do you know, if if you know, you guys weren't open like you're really helping me right now because uh, in a lot of ways we're doing a service. We're, we're helping uh, parents get uh, crafts and stuff to keep their kids busy and you know entertained while this whole chaos is going on and also the older you know community that you know give them their crafts to do to keep their mind off of things and kind of just try to not you know to prevent them from sinking down into that hole yeah because old people are bored enough as it is if they're retired they usually ain't got shit to do so their little routines driving into the city going to the post office to buy their stamps that they don't even really need that much but it's still just a routine that they do yeah. you know that that means a lot to them for me um i'm, I'm not gonna lie uh to say i'm a little uh, optimistic about this long break uh you know is is uh would be truthful because i haven't had a long stretch of time to really hunker down and focus on creative shit in a long time. Cause I just, it yeah. was like event here, event there, do this, do that. And uh-huh. man, I, I can only, I can only imagine the kind of YouTube videos I'm going to be able to make the music, the songwriting that I'm going to mm-hmm. be able to do. But all the shit that I really enjoy doing involves me staying in my house alone. So yeah, this is well, kind of I mean, like, I'm not really a social guy anyway. So for me to you know remain in my house unless absolutely necessary, that's not anything that I'm uncomfortable with. I'm like, well, that's kind of what I do anyway. So I mean, it's not that much of a of of a change or a shift. It's 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 a little bit difficult though with school because uh, we're moving everything online 
And with all this craziness that's been going on, like I've been behind on some stuff, but it's because mentally my focus just has been really shoddy because I've been like just scatterbrained and stressed out. And, you know, it's, it's been difficult for me to focus on things. Um, but I'm starting to kind of calm down now that my work situation is a little bit calmer as of right now. I, I, I think I can, you know, hunker down and start, you know, getting some stuff done. It, it's spring break right now. And I've noticed that, uh, my professors are super flexible right now with students. They're like, you know, just get in what you can get in when you can get it in, because it's just, it, it's, it's, it's a, a very traumatic thing for students right now. Uh, for a lot of students, this is they're supposed to be their last semester, and and now everything's just out of whack. I feel bad for the high school students. You know what they're gonna they're not gonna the seniors they're not gonna have their prom. They're not gonna have their you know senior memories. You know it's always gonna be marred by this uh, pandemic. Yeah, I didn't even think about any of that. That does kind of suck for them. I mean, my uh, prom experience was awful, but, you know, most kids weren't as, uh, didn't go to as shitty of a school as I did or have the low self-esteem. College students, they're not going to walk. They're not going to walk when they graduate. They're not going to be able to do that. Yep. Well, you know, it's, uh, I don't think anybody is, um, is, is, is free from the, uh, the the suffering to a certain degree not to be over dramatic but uh you know that this this stupid ass yeah. fucking virus uh has uh has, has caused you know i mean jesus christ if the, if our tour ends up getting fucked up i mean that was the biggest thing we had planned for this year i know you know i, I know. mean that was big i'm hoping it doesn't but it's just you know it's a lot of stuff is just up in the air I, whenever i heard about music venues and and all of your you know potential job opportunities closing down i immediately thought of you and stephanie and everything yeah as, we're gonna be know. doing some live uh streaming stuff mm-hmm. and you know don't you know have donations available if anyone wants to kick us any uh yeah. bucks for that because we're we're literally not gonna have work for the next month you should look you should maybe apply for unemployment maybe see if you can be able to do that uh with your state um, I think I read something that the Senate is possibly passing something to help alleviate some of the pressure, uh, bill wise and other and the other stuff like that going forward. That would be the right thing to do, is to you know postpone put you know because if you if they do not do something about rent and mortgages and this stuff like that, it's just going to create an even worse situation. Yes, the housing market's going to suffer, but. You're going to have way more homeless people out of, uh, they, they're not able to pay their rent anyway. So they're going to end up on the street or it, it's just a lose-lose scenario. So you might as well just do the right and honorable thing and help people out. Yeah, it's not like they don't have, you know, the, all those billionaire, billionaires need to come, like, come out of their ivory tower and, you know, like spread yeah. spread the wealth a little bit right now, you know, and help out some motherfuckers. Uh-huh. Did you hear about uh, the proposed uh, money that the government might send to people? Yeah, I heard about it. 
So yeah, we'll see how that goes. They're talking about two weeks into April. It's like, well, uh-huh. well, you know, that's yeah. Hopefully, you can do it a little sooner than that because that's about when all my yeah. money's going to run out. So know. you know, I, I, I hope this is one of those instances where it's a blessing for you know people like me to actually still live with their parents. Oh they yeah, have an extra, you know, they have some help. Yeah, yeah, you my know, friend. I my my friend Trey, uh, he got out of DJing a couple months ago and started working like a regular nine to five at uh, Merrill Lynch or whatever. And um, yeah, yeah, he got lucky too. He got out of DJing at the uh, at a smart time, I guess, because yeah. he's not. There's a good amount. There's a good amount of open jobs right now. Amazon is hiring more people. Uh, yeah. they're gonna charge. Uh, they're gonna uh, give people two dollars more an hour. Everyone keeps saying Amazon, but let me tell you, Safeway. everyone, everyone I've talked to who's worked at Amazon yeah. says that is a shitty place to work. Oh yeah, for. I know, I know. But it's just, I'm just saying, you know, it's just something that that's out there. A lot of grocery stores are hiring more employees to, to keep up with the the demand. Uh, I actually went grocery shopping recently, and uh, it actually didn't go as bad as I thought. We managed to get most of everything that we wanted, and then the next day we got the rest of the stuff. The main we even thing, got some toilet paper. Yeah, the main thing they're so, out of is, is water and toilet paper. That's like Well, the we two... even got some toilet paper. Uh, even though we have enough toilet paper, we had enough saved up anyway. Um, so you at guys least, are part of the problem buying shit you don't need so other people who need it can't get it assholes i didn't buy it my stepdad did don't blame me all right your stepdad's the asshole then <laughs> no but i mean we didn't we only bought like we we didn't like buy more well our our winco our our it, it does not even allow people to buy more than one paper product there's like signs everywhere in that section that say you are only allowed to buy one paper product you cannot get more than one. You can get. You can't get one of each. One. <laughs> yeah, because these little opportunistic capitalists out there, little yeah. little renegade capitalists, are uh, buying up large quantities of shit when it was first going down. I guarantee you, they're selling it on eBay now. I heard they're selling it by the. Yeah. Like, did you hear about that guy who had seventeen thousand bottles of hand sanitizer and all this other stuff and. He already made six figures due to selling stuff on Amazon by following trends. And then he picked up on, he saw that there was one case of the coronavirus and he decided to, you know, nip the trend in the bud. And he went to all these different uh, stores in, in, I think, Tennessee or something, somewhere in like the Midwest and just bought up like all the hand sanitizer he could find and all the other stuff. And... Recently, Amazon and eBay just completely blocked and just banned uh, the sale of these items. Huh. Like, you cannot do that. You can't secondarily <laughs> sell, Dude, sell any of these items. There's someone selling a Charmin Essentials toilet paper 4x4 two-ply sheet uh-huh. for 99 cents. Yeah. Like one <laughs> one square. Of, On eBay? Yeah. and it's That's going to get taken down. And 97 people are watching it. It's going to get taken down. Because uh, eBay and Amazon are, are are really watching that right now, and so it was a New York Times article. I definitely recommend people check it out if they haven't already. Oh my God! Someone uh, under the sold listing, someone spent one hundred twenty five dollars for a thirty roll of Scott toilet paper. Yeah. Oh jeez. These individuals, they are what I like to call profiteering. Uh, I'm trying to panic profiteers. They're panic profiteers. They're profiteering off a of panic, and uh, they like to call themselves capitalists. But I think a lot of them are genuine sociopaths. I really do. I don't think they genuinely have 
any real empathy for other people or or it's something that they just started to uh, turn into because of their whole profiteering thing beforehand. They were scalping items. They were doing these other things. They, these are the type of individuals that previously bought all of the, ten, the Nintendo classics in the yep. store and sold them for double or whatever the price on eBay and Amazon. And now in this particular crisis, they're the, the same people are buying the supplies in bulk and selling them online. So they've moved from scalping items that aren't necessarily necessities and still doing some shady shit to just raising, you know, the shady bar even high, you know, just doing things that you would think anyone with a conscience would be like, I'm not doing that. Like at most I bought like one other item, you know, cause I didn't have, cause I didn't know how, I don't know how long these grocery stores are going to be open. I don't know how long this stuff is going to, so I wanted to at least be stocked up for a month, at least. So, you know, I bought another thing of tea, but I didn't buy all the tea. I'm not like, you know, the Queen song, I want it all, because that's what I'm thinking some people are like. They're walking into the grocery store and they're just like, I want it all. I want it all. I want it all. And I want it now. Because <laughs> this is just, that's... This is how people, you know, people are just getting crazy. People getting in fights over toilet paper. People getting stabbed with a wine bottle. I and need to water. wipe my ass really bad. Worse <laughs> than you do. And my shower won't work for some reason. Yeah, get a fucking bidet. <laughs> or, you know, just, I don't know, just jump in the shower and spread your cheeks. I don't know. Yeah, you could do that. And then there's other things that are cheap, like, you know, sort of, you know, cheap bidet alternatives. You can get it at a hardware store. It's basically just water, a water hose. We're down there. Ugh, that's, that's gross. Because you know it's, you know it's going to run down your legs. <laughs> it's gross, but, you know, what's, a, you know, that's a better alternative than paying ridiculous prices on eBay for fucking toilet paper. Yeah, I it's feel insane. like this whole thing is either it's either A way the fuck overblown or B it is way worse than what they're they're telling us because they have never done anything like this before yeah. in my 31 years of well, being yeah. alive. My mom says she don't remember them doing anything like this before in her 57 well, my years. My grandmother, she she was alive during the polio, you know, outbreak and everything. So she actually remembers quarantines and stuff like that. Um, yeah, but she that was, was talking about, how long ago, you know? Well, I know. She's in, she's in her 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. 60, um, 70 years ago, something like that, at least. Yeah. We haven't had anything like this since polio or the Spanish flu outbreak in, was it 1918 or something? I mean, what about like H1, yeah, H1N1 and SARS? That, and... We, there was more people that died of H1N1, that's for sure. But I think H1N1 wasn't, it didn't spread as quickly. <clears throat> And you know this is this is this is something that spreads faster, and the fact that you can't detect it, you know, you can have the virus and not show any symptoms and be spreading it. That's that's the thing with this one. It's like you know you might not even showing any symptoms and you've already spread it to people. But the thing is, I think a lot of people. Uh, 
it, it, it mainly seems to really seriously affect the elderly and people who are immune compromised. And that's a good chunk of our, our population. Mm, yeah, that's a good chunk for sure. So it, I think, I think the government's just trying to take as much precautions as they can to, you know, save face and, you know, I mean, the Trump's in the middle of, you know, potential re-election. So, of course, you try to do whatever you can to try to stop, you know, the bleeding, so to speak. Um, but I think some some places are going to have very few cases and some have had very few cases or no cases. So, uh, I mean, we've had four cases over here in Clark County. Three have died, sadly. May they rest in peace. That's horrible. Uh I really do uh, wish the best for their families in in this moment, especially, you know, there's a family that just lost their mother and their father at all at once because of this. Jesus Christ. But uh, they were all, in their 70s and 80s. They were all from a, a retirement community or whatever. And then the other patient, uh, the other person who got exposed to it is a 40-year-old woman who's just in a house, uh, house quarantine right now. She didn't even stay in the hospital. And, um, she was, uh, exposed to it from someone in Oregon that was, uh, being monitored or whatever. So it seems like a lot of this is, is just close contact with people and whatever. Uh, the, the medical guy in Clark County is, is saying that, oh, you know, they must've got it somewhere here and the other people. And I'm like, okay, all right, but. We ha- I haven't heard any cases announced recently, but also testing is slow. We're slow to get. We don't have a lot of tests, so that's another thing. So um, there could be more people who have it uh, that we don't know about, and there could be less. It, it's and, and and the death rates are based on percentages that are based on other instances that aren't necessarily our instance in the U.S. because we don't have all everything. You know, we don't have everyone hasn't been tested and there isn't all of this. So there's a lot of data that that, in my opinion, still is up in the air to determine, you know, the severity of things. But, you know, I I know it might sound cliched, but, you know, this is a great quote. And I've always thought it was a great quote for any moment in my life. And I really thank Sylvester Stallone for writing this. Um you know, it ain't it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Um, because life is a very mean and nasty place, and it'll keep you to your knees permanently if you let it. Uh, you, me, or nobody is gonna hit as hard as life. But it, it's just one of those things where you know we're taking hits right now. But as a country and as as people, as individuals, uh, we we can move forward. And I definitely feel that we will. Um, it's going to be tough for a bit, but I, I think that we're we're going to make out of this, make it out of this. We're not going to stay down for the count. We're going to get up and we're going to keep fighting. I think you had a little Freudian slip there, Mike. You said we're going to make out. <laughs> I, kn- I don't think that's what I said. I, I knew that's okay. what you wanted this whole time. <laughs> we're going to make it out. Yeah, no, I mean, I think so. It's just, it's honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm a thousand times more concerned about the economic, uh, I get implications it. than I am. I get it. Uh, you know, we could have a recession. Um, uh, there could be a lot of, you know, really 
uh, messed up things. The stock market's crashing right now. Um, but these are all things that are to that with something like this that's this dramatic. Th- that's just something that comes with the territory. Like it's that that's that was going to happen. My whole, th- that's, my whole thing though is it's like it's like is it this dramatic? You know, if you look at the statistics for the flu and how many people that kills every year, it's like the corona pales in comparison. The flu is contagious. It spreads. People get it. They get sick. Yeah. They get over it. Old people die. People with immune compromised systems die. You know, I mean, have you ever gotten the flu or started feeling sick and then your mom or everyone else around you goes, oh, yeah, something's going around. But life continues as fucking normal. That's my whole thing about all this. I just don't get why Corona is so special. Why is it getting this special treatment? That's what leads me to the I think it's worse than what they're telling us. Or they're being way too woke about, you know, being uber safe and uber, uh, yeah. you know, precautious to the detriment of thousands of people's livelihoods who who do still have many more good years of life to live. Yeah. You know, I, I, I feel you on that. I understand. I, I just think they're just trying to prevent a worst case scenario. And I, I think that's that's really what they're they're working on right now. It's also the first pandemic, you know, in our modern era. So, uh, I think they're just trying to handle it with just with extreme efficiency, and and I I think that's what they're trying to do. I, I a lot of it's just an unknown, and when you're faced with an unknown, when you're faced with a situation like this, a lot of uh, the times you react in a way where you're like, we'll just do everything we can to try to try to make it better. And and I think that's what they're doing right now. The moment uh, they start herding us onto trains and taking us to quarantine camps, <laughs> I'm not going to freak out. You know why I'm not going to freak out? Because yeah. I've played enough zombie apocalypse games, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> survival horror games. I am a master at Resident Evil. Uh-huh. I know how to survive one of these situations. I don't think it's going to get to that point. I've played um, but, Last of Us. I've played Days Gone. <laughs> I've played all the Resident Evil games. You know, I yeah. I know what this scenario looks uh-huh. like. And according to those games, I'm gonna end up with a really hot female protagonist by my side <laughs> at the end of all this. So, yeah, you know, I did really good in those games. So I'm, I, you know, and I had it on a pretty hard difficulty, not the hardest difficulty, but a pretty hard difficulty. Well, games are. Games are also getting affected too. I mean, E3 is canceled. Um, yeah, but E3 was waning in relevancy as it was, yeah. though. But I mean, a lot of these launch dates are going to be affected. Yeah, that's, that's another thing sure. that sucks. It's like I'm afraid to even promote anything for my band right now because it's like no one, no one's focused on that. Everyone's literally just focusing on shit. What am I going to do for the next thirty days? Or wow, I'm working from home. This is weird. Or oh, coronavirus flooding my newsfeed. It's like I don't even want to promote anything. I don't want to. Uh, yeah. you know, I, 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 YouTube, there I- are some opportunities that are opening up though, you know, because of this, that like, for instance, the horror film website, bloody disgusting. They just made a post saying like, Hey, send us in ideas. You know, we might decide that we want, uh, to take your idea or have you write an article and we'll pay you a little bit. Uh, they're opening up, uh, their site for people to just, you know, submit things. And I decided, sh- sure, why the hell not? I, I, I sent him an email already. You know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows what might happen? I mean, I already have a fleshed out concept and idea that I've had rattling in my head for a while. 
So, um, you know, we'll, we shall see. You know, when it comes to when it comes to opportunities up. like that, I can I can give you this one piece of advice. It definitely won't. It, you have a hundred percent chance of it not happening if you don't do anything. So, yeah, that's. Uh, Dance. I think I have a better chance that some people might submit because, and they said it doesn't have to, you don't have to have prior experience, you don't have anything like a resume or anything. And I was just like, I, I because I got an idea, I got a fleshed out idea. And I, I you know, it's not some, I, it, it's about uh, in the horror genre, uh, uh, especially lately, there's been an oversaturation of the final girl. Where, you know, the film, you know, the main lead character in these horror films is almost, especially in the mainstream uh, horror that is theatrically released, most of them are are women. And, you know, that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it just seems like there's just this overabundance of them to the point where it's becoming cliche, just like it was when there was too many male leads back in the 50s and 60s and beforehand. And, uh... It's like things have come full circle in a different way where now there's barely any male leads in the genre. And so I'm wondering why, why is the male lead dying? Can we do something about this? And it seems like nobody really talks about it because I think for one, they're afraid. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, we're to be sexist or whatever. But I think it's, it's, you know, the, the site's asking for opinion pieces. There's an opinion piece and it's definitely going to get people talking. One way or another, so we'll see what happens. If they even I, want to I, touch that one with a 10-foot yeah, pole, we'll see. Exactly. Um, All right, well, yeah. this is a podcast about unsolved mysteries, <laughs> typically, but you, come on now. Things you, have been fucking crazy. Yeah, you knew, so. you knew we were going to spend some time talking about this corona bullshit, especially if you are if you keep up with me at all uh, on my social media pages. You, you, will have known, mm-hmm. you would have known that uh, I've been very directly affected by all of this crap. So, you know, of course, I'm going to want to say some shit about it here and there. And, um, you know, the, like I said, the silver lining for me is I get a lot uh, a lot of work done around my house, you know, on uh, stuff that I've been yeah. wanting. Like this podcast, if I had had my normal schedule, I would not have been able to record today. I would have had to have yeah. gone to my gig. And I mean, maybe mm-hmm. we, we could have recorded late at night tonight, but. Um, that's usually not when I'm my it's sharpest. Been, it's been, it's been, I've been, I've been covering shifts this week, so I've gotten more hours this week than I've gotten in a long time. And, and my manager even said like, you might get into overtime. I'm like, sure. <laughs> I mean, I'll take the hours. Like, you know, I'll take that risk to help people and, yeah, and to be there. And, uh, you know, I'm not in the at risk demographic. I, I, I feel, uh, more for, you know, people like my grandmother, she's in her eighties, you know, she's in that risk demographic. Yeah. You know, and, and people who are immune compromised, um, you know, for people like myself, like I, 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 I've always had an immune system that's been above average and I, I'm well within, you know, the range of people who would get it and probably be okay. So, uh, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be afraid. I'm gonna, you know, stand up and uh, I'm gonna face it head on. Cause what, what the hell is the point of me, you know, quitting or, or giving up or, you know, trying to. Or and I understand why people are depressed right now. And I understand why people are hurting, and I get that. But I've been through a lot already in my life, <laughs> and you know I've survived that. I can survive this. And if you've been a lot in your life, uh, you've been through a lot in your life too. Uh, you can survive this too. 
Mike Brown, the man with the biggest balls in America. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. I Two mean, there's a ton of balls coming at you. Let's just hope that uh, it hasn't so, been a humid, hot day. <laughs> so anyway, uh, this is a podcast about unsolved mysteries. Occasionally. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes when uh, we're not talking about other bullshit or when we're just not showing up in general like yeah. the last week or two. Uh, but we actually do have uh, some unsolved mysteries cases to discuss today. Um, speaking of unsolved mysteries, though, I'm wondering what's going to happen with that Netflix series. My guess is either it will premiere later this year or it won't. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been postponed in terms of shooting uh, or uh, companies are, are closing down. Disney, all their parks are closed. And that's a huge blow for that company. Like, they've made a lot of money, you know, with their Marvel properties and all this other stuff, but that's a big chunk of their windfall, is their uh, theme parks. And that's just gone right now. So, and they pulled Black Widow from from a release, so they're not going to get that money soon either, so... Now, to me, a theme park makes total sense to close down because you, oh, you have people from all over the world oh, coming 100%. there. Oh, one hundred percent. Like with all, they did the right. They made the right move there, but it's still something that's going to affect them. Yeah, dramatically. So we got a nice little batch of unsolved mystery cases to talk about today, and by nice little batch, I mean two. Um, these are both. This is like this. You could call this the victim cast. Uh, these yeah. are both pe- uh, people. Uh, who well. One person caused the victimization, and the second person was a victim um, mm-hmm. of unfortunate circumstances. Uh, I guess uh, I guess we can do the Megan Curl case first. Okay, this was from the Bizarre Murders box set. So if you happen, this is also on season twelve of uh, the Amazon <clears throat> series. Yeah, this was. Uh, it's actually on episode one. Season 12. It's always weird to me whenever an Unsolved Mysteries case comes up that's in the year 2000, because I just always think of that show as so associated with the 90s. <laughs> that it's like, or 80s. Yeah, or late 80s, early 90s. It's like yeah. weird that they actually made it into the new millennium. And then I'm reminded that the new millennium happened 20 years ago, and I feel old as fucking dirt. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> I still look at the year 2000 as like fairly recently, but then it's like, no, not by any stretch of anyone's imagination. I uh, know. Um, so anyway, um, this young lady, Megan Kristen Ro- Romero Curl, I don't know why she had 12 names, but um, anyway, uh, she was 26, year old, 26 years old and she worked at a local chicken processing plant in Lufkin, Texas. Uh, she sounds sexy already. Sadly, her job, had, her, her life, and maybe her job, had never been easy. In first grade, she was diagnosed with, and they, they actually just, I'm sure there's more politically correct term for this, but. Uh, it, Mentally challenged. Yeah, in this show that's like, uh, in first grade, she was diagnosed with mild retardation and required to take special education yeah. classes. So she was uh, slightly mentally different, I guess, as you Handicapped. would say. There you go. I don't know if, I don't know if handicap's even the correct yeah, I know. Well, I mean, but people like okay, retardation and retard was initially a medical term. It was not an insult. It was a medical terminology. It was when kids took it and ran with it, made yeah, it exactly. pejorative. And See, look at a me. lot of it has to deal with uh, something that's stopped or halted, or some kind of you know uh, developmental uh, issues. That's what re- retardation 
was. Yeah, like we wouldn't we, yeah, we wouldn't yeah. call like a fire extinguisher a fire uh, make fire differently abled or extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a fire retardant. It it stops the fire. It or it slows yeah. it anyway. Uh-huh. I digress. Slow. Uh, she was often picked on and made fun of in uh, school. Children made fun of her. Uh, you know, most of us can relate to that to some in some way or another. I was. A f- I mean, I had Aspergers and I got made fun of. Yeah. I wasn't even necessarily uh, mentally challenged or handicapped in that particular way. Uh, but I was just developmentally. Well, with Aspergers, you know, it's, it's more of a social thing, which is almost worse. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know, socially, kids are e- easily able to pick out. Hey, that kid ain't quite like us. Let's make fun mm-hmm. of him. I love God. I love human nature. We're such awful bastards. Hey, someone's and different. You're seeing than the- a lot of that revealed <laughs> right now. You're seeing the best of us, and you're seeing the worst of us right now. Yeah, in this crisis. yeah, it's it's true. It, it, as as usually does happen in these cases. But anyway, uh, when she was 18, she married and moved to Arkansas. However, her husband was abusive, so they separated. Wow, that's early. Yeah, like 18. Very young. Very young to be married. Uh, she, she, uh, she returned to Lufkin and insisted on getting her own apartment because she was a very independent person, apparently, or wanted to be. Sherry believes that she would have been an easy target. Uh, Sherry is her mom, by the way. Uh, she believes that she would have been an easy target for a predator as she was naive and wanted attention. And sadly, her mother was right. Her mother was dead on. Uh, uh, about her daughter. Well, I mean, it's easy to be right, you know, when you're looking back at something that already happened. Yeah. No, but not just that. I mean, she probably has other experience with her daughter in terms of, you know, the type of things that she was, you know, prone to if do. There was some rare interview with the mom before her daughter was murdered, and she's like, yeah, I don't know. She's really trusting and uh, wants attention. It would surprise me if somebody tied her up and burned her in bed. Then I would say, damn, her mom was like, uh, like, Almost too on point with that. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't that on point, but I, I think she definitely... And I could see why she would say that. Um, she's uh, got um, me, her mental handicaps, and that can definitely come into play in a situation like that where she can get uh, not, so, not just abused, but uh, definitely manipulated a lot easier than maybe someone that isn't in that same boat. Yeah, so Megan was a big fan of nightclubs in Lufkin. Uh, It was this love that may have led to her demise, as police suspect that a man she met at one might have been responsible for her murder. And yet again, uh, in Unsolved Mysteries tradition, we have a fantastically awful nightclub scene with stupid music and uh way too many stro- like colored lights for what is it a country yeah western like a country bar? western bar and and the lighting's to- terrible and they said that it looks she, like a disco bar they said she was 70s. she was kicked out for dancing too provocatively and the way that they had the actress portraying her uh do her <laughs> interpretation of what provocative dancing would be it, it almost looked like a herbal essence commercial where the yes. chick's like rubbing her hands through her yes. hair and she's like yes 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 yes, yes! <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that was the provocative quote-unquote dance uh this happened on the night of march 25th 2000 at the electric cowboy um where she was a regular and had many friends Witnesses saw her talking with an unidentified man, uh, unidentified man who bought her two drinks. Um, once again, as I said, she was asked to leave for provocative, quote unquote, dancing. 
And uh, I thought, you know, by provocative, like something like, you know, striptease. Yeah. Or like hustlers like, or like there. I mean, what dirty dancing? What would even be? Cons- <laughs> there is no provocative dance nowadays. Like I see I've done redneck bars before a karaoke yeah. there. And, I, you know, the songs I put on in between the little hillbilly girls would come out and dance and, sh- and do their best interpretation at twerking and <laughs> oh my god you know that there horrifying. is no so- and these are that sounds horrifying josh like you know nah, if you, you don't know. think a little small part of me dies every time i have to put up with that you're sadly mistaken <laughs> um yeah they even interviewed some guy i guess who was at the bar and he's like yeah we're, we're just not used to seeing that kind of dancing here in lufkin and it's like really dude you're you're an old i'm assuming hetero white guy and you're sitting here gonna tell me that you had a problem with watching this young lady shake her goods on the dance floor. That just, at a bar of all places, you know, you're going to sit here and tell Maybe. me that that offended you? I don't know. There are some sanctimonious people like that, you know. At a fucking bar? Jesus, man. Yeah. It's like, the bar is supposed to be the opposite of a church, okay? Things that you would never do in a church, you could totally do in a bar. That's why the yeah. first <laughs> building that was ever established in the United States was a church, and the second building was a bar. I th- think that's accurate, if you want to go and fact-check me on that, listener, person. So an unidentified man left and went with her a few blocks down to another club called The Sports Shack. Ooh. Ooh. I can already taste the greasy f- fried shrimp and, ch- and wings. mozzarella sticks now. Uh, I can taste the just nasty... Uh, barbecue wings the, the, that were the, microwaved the defrosted marinara sauce <laughs> that came pre-made in a frozen sack and i could smell the the beer from uh, all of the inebriated sports fans i can smell the the arid piss smell of uh, a, a of a disgusting 30 year old bathroom that's never been properly cleaned with the slight masking of a urinal cake it's trying to uh, make it just a little bit more pleasant, but at the end of the day, <laughs> nobody cares. Anyway, I got a little too in-depth on that. I really miss my job, guys. I miss all those smells. <laughs> no, I've, I've, I haven't been out of work long enough to miss it yet, but I will probably start missing it, I'm sure. Uh, I don't. Have you ever uh, done trivia or uh, anything or DJed at a, at a sports shack? Hell before? yes, I Something have. Like that? Uh, yes, I, absolutely. <laughs> Fucking Gators Dockside on 103rd Street here in Jacksonville, Florida. They closed it down a few years ago. I almost got beat up there on multiple occasions for whatever reason because rednecks are Holy dumb shit. yeah <laughs> this guy was uh, threatened to kick my ass because i wouldn't let his fucking fat underage daughter sing uh all of her songs acapella <laughs> i mean he literally That's... yeah I mean, first of all i love how he's bringing his daughter <laughs> his like 12 year old daughter to a bar at like you know well past midnight and, you know, she's like, Daddy, I've never been told no in my life. I want to sing all my songs with no music so everyone can hear how awesome I am. Oh, don't you worry, baby. I'm going to go straighten out that DJ right now because this is my white world and I'm a white man, God damn it! I get my way. I am not told no. But I told him no. And, uh, yeah, if my friend Thad hadn't been there sitting next to me, who's this big black guy, then uh, that dude might have tried me. But Thad wasn't going to let that shit happen because Thad's a solid individual. Let's hear it for Thad. Uh, anyway, I fucking That's digress. That's a great story. Yeah. Eh. 
Another time some drunk lady showed me and Thad her titties without us asking, so, you know, it wasn't all bad there. <laughs> and they paid me money. Um, anyway, she went to the sports shack with this guy. Another man, a friend who worked there, drove her home from there. She arrived home at 1.30 a.m. and a close friend slash neighbor, Tanya, waited up to hear the details of her night out. She claims that she and Megan were standing outside on the balcony talking when a man suddenly appeared in a speeding car coming to a dead stop. And you could definitely tell in the reenactment, this is this is the last season, lifetime season. You know, budgets are cheaper, don't have the same uh, cinematography uh, or the same mood or atmosphere yeah. as a lot of the other previous episodes. Now, yeah, it definitely has more of a lifetime vibe to it, uh, the reenactment. This guy just pulls up and, ugh, this, this chick, Megan. I swear, uh, I've known females with this kind of very naive, um, mm-hmm. oh, that's by probably my friend down there. Let me go get in his car and see what he has to say. Yeah. And it's like... I remember when I saw this episode, I was like, come on. I know, it's like, like clearly a sketchy situation, <laughs> and most other people would not ever do that, but, you know, because she was, you know maybe did not have the social skills or yeah. cognitive skills to compute the danger of the situation. Cause there are some people who aren't even mentally challenged who have difficulty oh, yeah. computing risk and dangers of situations. And they might just, they might just have like a, a social thing. Like it's not necessarily mental, a mental handicap. It's, it's uh, something wrong, you know, socially. Uh, Cause with Asperger's a lot of it, it's in some ways it's a mental handicap, but it's not the same kind of mental handicap as, uh, you know, someone who is born uh, with some faculties that are slower um, in, ter- in terms of their uh, mind. Um, it, it's it's a social thing. And, and in a lot of ways, it's a developmental thing. It's like I'm probably mentally younger than my age still. But I, my brain has finally caught up with at least most of everyone else, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. So that's why people rarely ever uh, notice that that I have it when you know I I, I talk about it because I'm actually at that point now where I'm kind of normal, right? But like when I was in uh, elementary school or junior high or high school, like I wasn't quite to that point yet. Like I was still like mentally, you know, uh, behind. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a different kind of thing, but I can seldom see people, you know, who have more uh, serious uh, types of Aspergers uh, being in the same sort of situation where they just don't know the social situations that they can't pick up on the social cues. So, anyway, Tanya went into her apartment, and when she came back out, Megan was in the car with the man. She went back into her apartment uh again and when she came back out the car was still there but megan and the man were not at around 2 20 a.m tanya went to megan's apartment to check on her uh which is i mean i guess i guess kind of normal if you knew that the person was not mentally you know all kind of like had her faculties about her but in any other sense it's like hey you know maybe i'm getting laid why don't you not like knock on my door at 2 20 a.m you know uh, on on a you know whatever night um when megan answered the door tanya noticed that the man was with her he was just kind of in the background on the couch just looking like looming 
Uh, she said that uh, he was her friend from the club and that she was okay. Tanya looked down to him and he nodded his head slowly without them exchanging any words. <laughs> like, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm imagining him like grabbing his hat, you know, doing the hat tip thing, you know, be like, uh-huh. I just imagine him <laughs> shaking his head like he's about to dig into, like, elbow deep into some ass. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And, and he's licking his lips. He's got his, uh... Gonna have it my head. way. Fuck stuff. He's, he's got his teeth. He's biting his lip. Everything's <laughs> bigger in Texas. Oh yeah. He's trying to creep every everyone out right now who's listening. So she asked Megan if she was really okay, and she said she was. So Tanya said goodnight and left. That was the last time she was seen alive. At around 4 a.m., Megan's neighbors noticed flames in her apartment. The fire department arrived and entered it. They discovered that the fire was confined to her bed. When it was extinguished, they made a shocking discovery. Megan's body was tied to her bed. It was charred. Oh. It was charred beyond recognition. Her throat had been slashed to the bone. Ugh, Damn. God, that makes me cringe. And a plastic bag had been placed over her head. She was later identified by dental records. So, did she get suffocated with the plastic bag, or, or did she get killed by the throat slash? I mean, either way, it's just awful and horrific, and it's just serious overkill. One of the investigators on the episode said, this is one of the meanest things I've ever seen one human being do to another. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, pretty accurate. Authorities discovered remnants of a nightgown on Megan's body. When they questioned former partners, they claimed that her normal sleeping attire was shorts and a t-shirt. They claimed that she would only wear a nightgown if she was going to be, quote, romantically involved with the partner. This led them to believe that her killer was someone she knew. Authorities are certain that her killer was the man that Tanya saw with her earlier that night, but he's never been identified. Now, to me, just as a little side note, I think t-shirts, t-shirts, t a t-shirt and shorts is a is a way <laughs> sexier uh, thing for a girl to wear if I'm going to be romantically involved than that those stupid nightgowns. Like those things are so like '80s to me. Like, I don't know, I love it when a girl wears, like, you know, these little uh, pajama shorts and, like, a loose-fitting yeah. t-shirt. Like, to me, that's sexy. Just throwing that out there. All right, anyway, uh, everybody... So they show some composites of, of the potential uh, killer and also the witness um, here. And the, the possible witness, he looks like one of those country music singers from, like, the 90s. And Like, he really he looks like, what is it, Alan Jackson? He looks like a comp- like- yeah, he look- yeah, he looks like yeah, he look- pretty much looks like Alan Jackson, Tim McGraw maybe a little bit. Yeah. And then the actual killer looks like <laughs> I-, I don't even know how you This looks like if Big the way they drew- This looks like if Bigfoot got like a clean shave and like made something out of himself, <laughs> got a job, you know, got a desk job. Like he might look oh. like this person. That's why I think the-, the way they they drew his face and like his hair especially is just hilarious he's got like the the longest face like this long just big face and these glasses and then the hair is you know just wiry very bigfoot yeah the small small forehead reminiscent of a neanderthal so and he's got the mustache authorities and come catch your mustache authorities and megan's family believe (laughs) Believed that she was killed by someone she knew. Her past lovers were questioned. However, they all had solid alibis, and none of them are considered suspects. The prime suspect in the case is a white male with blonde hair, a light mustache, and gold rim glasses, and would now be in his 40s 
which of course now we know he'd probably be in his like 80s since this is an old ass show. But uh, police also want to speak to one wearing a cowboy hat who Megan met at the club. Uh, he was seen buying several drinks for her, but he is not considered a su- suspect. Although they want to question him for any clues to her murder. He is a white or Hispanic male with dark complexion and dark hair. Uh, This case is still unresolved. Megan's ex-boyfriend, Tim Purvis, was considered a suspect in her murder. Before she died, she had testified about him being a drug abusive, uh, about him being drug abusive, which led to his... Or her being abusive. Oh, is there nothing about drugs? Oh, I don't know why I'm, like, (laughs) making up words here. Um, you got drugs on the brain, Josh? I got a nap on the brain more than anything else. <laughs> uh, I, see, I ate before the podcast, but that now I'm tired. So, and, so instead oh. of hungry, I'm tired. Uh, anyway, she testified about him being abusive, which led to his parole being revoked. He was uh, released from prison about one week prior to her murder. However, he had an alibi for that night. He later died in an accident in 2003. In 2012, a retiring Lufkin police officer stated that they believe they know who killed Megan. However, they did not have enough evidence to charge the individual. The case remains unsolved. Sadly, Megan's father, Ernesto, passed away in 2014 at the age of 67. Oh, man. He rest in peace. That sucks. Like, it's still unsolved. Yeah. But I, it doesn't... I don't think it was probably... Uh, could have either been a thrill kill. I think it or, was. I think it was a thrill um, kill. I think that's the only. I think that's the reason yeah. why they haven't. Uh, they haven't caught anybody yet. Is because. Um, I don't it, think it was actually someone she knew. Maybe no, or maybe it was that guy. I don't know. I I really don't. Apparently, he so. had a solid alibi. So I guess it wasn't him. That's crazy though. Like that, she was with this guy to like after two o'clock in the morning, and then. Afterwards, she winds up dead in her house, and her apartment's on fire, like, two hours later. Like, what happened in between that point? Like, who who else got involved then? Like, would she really... Bars probably weren't open, right? After 2 a.m., right? Did she go back to a nightclub or something? And then meet somebody who decided to thrill kill her? Was there somebody that had followed her there? Um, I get why some people might think it might be somebody that knows her. Because that, I mean, the whole like, oh, she thought she was going to get romantically involved. And then the whole thing with uh, um, just the fact that it just happened so fast. That's the thing to me. It just happened so fast, like two hours after she was with this guy. Well, again, she wasn't using, um, you know, her discernment. Yeah. And, you know, it was probably some some opportunist who I don't know maybe he tried something with her sexually and she was like not into it and he got mad and he like you know was like you know maybe he took it too and he far had, he was abusive or something he was abused you know and uh sexually or whatever and it triggered him or whatever and so he decided you know or or he's one of those people who hate women because of whatever yeah because then, but, but then yeah because that kind of like that kind of like begs the question like to go so overkill with this uh, murder, it's like this person clearly had bigger problems than just, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's a it's a it's an unfortunate uh, case, and I hope it gets solved. But I don't know. I, I would think it. You know, it, it, it's 
if it's a thrill kill or one of those like one time things, it's gonna be, and it's not someone that she knows. I think it's gonna be a little difficult. But uh, then again, we don't really know. I mean, all the details apparently, because there's that police officer who's like thinks he knows, probably knows more about this case than we do, but he doesn't have enough evidence. Sometimes there are cases like that, sadly, where you don't have enough evidence. And apparently this case was on Unsolved.com, but, like, I couldn't, admit, you know, well, I couldn't find it. I first went so. by uh, Kristen Romero, because I think that's what the back of the uh, Bizarre Murders box said, but mm-hmm. it's actually Megan Curl is the more common name, I guess. Yeah, and they're talking about um, Megan's mother, this is her quoted, she thinks, she thinks, uh... That Megan knew who the murderer was because she got into the car with this person. Megan would have gotten in the car with a person that she knew. This is not a forced entry. Um, but it's isn't hasn't it kind of been proven that it wasn't the guy in the car that did it? It was or, or someone else. I don't know. I don't know if the guy in the car was the same guy seen in her apartment by Tanya. Then, if it was the same guy, then it wasn't him. I don't know. I think it was. It, that's the only person I feel like it could have been. No, I mean in terms of like the one that did it. Because doesn't he have an alibi? Like you were talking about how we had an alibi. No, that was the boyfriend that was released from uh, oh, prison. Oh, okay. So I got confused. Yeah. My bad. So yeah, it could easily be that guy then. Yeah. The guy in the car. Which it most likely uh, was. Yeah. Uh, just don't, don't do that. <laughs> you know, don't go and randomly, you know decide to hook up with random random guys in situations like that or especially if they or, drive up to your apartment you know or maybe guys don't randomly kill women yes that too for sure both so yeah i mean this would definitely uh, i think uh Maybe scare some people off from doing hookups, but I think a lot of people are just going to not do a lot of hookups right now anyway. <laughs> They're like, I don't even want to... Like, you've ever thought about that, too? Like, the the dating pool and all of that? Like, people are just going to, like, not even want to do that right now, you would think. I mean, right? coming from, like, uh, myself, who's, like, a self-described man whore, I've been thinking twice about sticking it in, in anything um, mm-hmm. because I don't know, you know, I'm a little, a little paranoid. <laughs> It's not technically sexually transmitted, but, you know, close contact. Right. So you're like, I don't know if I want to have that kind of contact right now. Yeah. There's going to be people, though, who are, are fucking nymphomaniacs, though, who are like, fuck it. You know, let's do it. Like the people who are spring break. You know, stu- college students are still having their spring break, and they're interviewed on videos, and they're talking about, like, you know, I'm still, we're still going to drink while we still can, you know, you know, we sp- we saved up for this, and... You know, we, we're we here in Miami, and we're going to have a good time, and Corona or no Corona, you know. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame them to a certain degree, honestly. I, I If I was in college and was planning that and shit, and I could conceivably go out and still do it and just kind of be as safe as I could, I, I would probably do the same thing, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, then, uh, I don't have anything else to say about the case of Megan Curl, except I uh, hope it gets solved eventually. Uh, the next case is one that it's pretty rough, but I thought it was a good case, um, despite how rough it is. This is a case that when I first saw it, it really pissed me off. Uh, I don't know about you. 
but I definitely uh, was very <laughs> aggravated. <laughs> but I'm aggravated uh, by any cases like this. I was uh, I was kind of more uh, surprised than anything else that. Uh, well, I was shocked too. I was shocked and then really pissed off. Yeah, how um, someone could be like such a pillar in their community and then go and do such a horrible, you know, thing. Yes. I, like that always blows my mind whenever you hear about that. Yeah. Like, oh, everyone loves him and he's fantastic. And then all the while he's doing all this evil shit. You know, at least I yeah. come off as an asshole and that's who I am all the time. And there's mm-hmm. no what you see is what you get with me. There's no deep, yeah. dark secrets. It's all on my sleeves. Everything I do. I am very honest about how, who I am and how I am, and, and I feel more comfort yeah. in that. You and I are the real article. Like, we don't really, you know, have anything that we're we're hiding, like, like this son of a bitch. So, Frank Montenegro is uh, the focus of this case. By any measure, Frank Montenegro was a hero. At the age of 24, both of Frank's parents suddenly died, leaving behind Frank and five siblings who were under the age of 18. Frank immediately gave up his carefree life in San Diego and moved back to his hometown of Hayward, California, to raise his orphan brothers and sisters. Manuel Montenegro referred to his brother Frank as an angel. He came in there and said, you know, it's going to be all right. You'll stay together and you don't have to worry about being in different places and, you know, not being taken care of. I mean, yeah, that's an amazing sacrifice. What an amazing thing to do. Like, what an amazing person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. That's your first thought about something like that. And understandably soon, the story of Frank's sacrifice was national news. Numerous newspapers and magazines proclaimed how Frank's generosity should be a lesson to us all. To support his family, Frank taught special education at the local elementary school. I mean, just on top of, you know, more and more amazing deeds on top of amazing deeds. But Mike, why do I feel dark storm clouds forming? Uh, Yeah, I I feel them forming, too. Uh, He seemed to not be only the perfect teacher, but also the perfect citizen. He was an avid churchgoer, a devoted family man, and a compassionate mentor to troubled kids. Now... Some people might think it's a little overkill. Like, what is this guy hiding? You know, right? <laughs> yeah. Where's the bodies in the closet there? This guy's just kissing too much ass to be uh-huh. to be real. I mean, being a pillar of the community uh, and also being a horrible person is not necessarily that crazy. I mean, for instance, the BTK killer was uh, a pillar of his church and his community. Yeah, same with uh, what uh, Dahmer, right? He was called Mr. Young Republican, like 1988 mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah. But yes, they're probably outliers. A lot of people who are pillars of the community and do things like this and are selfless, they're genuinely wonderful, great people that uh, it's, a, it's a, an absolute blessing to have them on this earth to help others especially in 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 times of crisis um but it's people like frank that give them a bad name i wouldn't say i'm a pillar of my community i'm more of a stump of my community i'm not i'm not, I'm not annoying thing that you stub your toe on that you go god why god, haven't they damn it Josh. why haven't they cut this thing down yet so anyway uh known as known affectionately as mr monty 
Frank Montenegro was admired and trusted by virtually everyone. But all that changed when the mother of a boy in Montenegro's class, Patricia Jackson, made a strange discovery. I noticed in his clothes there was a new pair of underwear, and I asked him, where did you get these? And he said, my teacher, Mr. Monty, bought them for me. And I thought that was strange. Why would a teacher at school be buying a student underwear? I couldn't really come up with a sensible reason, but I just kind of kept it in the back of my head. And a year after this had happened, my son said, he goes, I forgot to tell you something. And I go, what? And he goes, remember my teacher, Mr. Monty, the one that bought me those underwear and stuff? And I said, yeah, what about him? And he said, well, he raped me. Uh, it's such a weird way to that that kid yeah. put it. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. like like you're uh like there was some small detail you you left out of something yeah. you know like like that's like a big deal but i guess that's how I he know. felt comfortable conveying but also, it also kids kids might not have as much knowledge of that at that point also and no pun intended on this this was very ballsy of this teacher to uh buy the kid oh, yeah. the kid he's molesting a pair of fucking underwear giving it to the kid and letting the kid bring it home and thinking yeah, the, the the parents aren't going to question this at all. You know, it's like I don't know. Well, he he was that so he was that secure. Do you think maybe these guys like meet the parents or something, and they're like, oh, probably oh, he's a teacher. Yeah, like oh, he's the teacher. He's a pillar of this community. So probably he did that. Um, I think he was so secure in his identity as this pillar of the community that he thought he could just get away with it. Yeah, and he's just like, oh, these these are... It would just be an act of goodwill. These are shitty just, parents. Just, They're never going to care. Or, or he was just like, uh, why would they uh, suspect anything bad about me getting a gift for, for one of my students? I'm giving, you know, back to, to my students for, you know, uh, all the things that they've uh, helped me with, you know, or whatever, or so on and so forth. Yeah, I mean, I I know whenever I rake an old lady's yard, she pays me in Fruit of the Loom, you know? (laughs) What if she paid you in, like, some cheap uh, uh, store brand underwear? (laughs) Then I would call her a typical old bitty and then walk away in a huff. (laughs) Damn it. As for Fruit of the Loom. Or Hanes. Hanes is good, too. (laughs) Not Under Armour. <laughs> I actually think Under Armour is the more expensive uh, kind. It is, but... Okay, I feel like just by looking at it, I can already tell. I'll probably hug my balls in a weird way. <laughs> so you'd probably be like, no. Yeah, I, I have to have loose-fitting boxers that just kind of uh, kind of dangle in the breeze. They can't, they can't be skin-tight. I don't like that. My thighs are too fat for that. <laughs> I'm giving people way more information than they needed or wanted to know. You're welcome. Oh, or or some people uh, information that they didn't know that they wanted. You know, the fact that you're the one who made that suggestion, Mike, leads me to believe that you're that person, and you're welcome. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. Mike's getting cabin fever, and his homosexuality <laughs> is letting loose. I'm so nah. excited, and I just can't fight nah. it. I was just messing around. Uh. Folks, uh, forgive that noise if you hear it in the background. Uh, somebody outside my window is doing some work. I don't know what it is. I think uh, they decided to uh, definitely do some loud yard work. So, Mike, that sounds awfully close to like a vibrator. On my- I know it does, doesn't it? It's not, though. Trust me. It's not. That's the uh, 
I think I think that was the deluxe model. I think you <laughs> you definitely didn't skimp out on cost. That that one requires so much power. It's got like a a power like a power plug wired to it. You got to plug it right into the wall. You can't even use batteries on it. Mike, this isn't the first time we've been hearing noise. I've been hearing noise the entire time on the podcast. I've just been ignoring it. I've been hearing TV sounds in the background this whole time. Well, it's because my parents are... Normally the TV sounds get kind of drowned out, though, when you do your whatever, do your magic. But this is, like, right outside my window. Oh, yeah, so it'll probably... Well, it. yeah, I have a noise gate that I use on your on our tracks, and basically whenever you're not talking, it just completely mutes the channel until you start talking again, and then it opens it back I up. I think whoever it is, I think they stopped using a jackhammer, so I think we're going to be good. Well, they finally came. Um... <laughs> So anyway, um, Frank Frank Montenegro seemed to be someone who cared deeply about children. Police were now faced with a troubling dilemma. Was Montenegro the upstanding citizen he appeared to be? Or did he in fact prey upon innocent children? The allegation against Frank Montenegro landed at the desk of Fremont, California police detective Teresa Martinez. An officer since the age of 22, Martinez quickly made the rank of detective and now worked on the sexual assault unit. Frank Montenegro was seen as this huge icon in the community, and you can't ruin somebody's career because one child says it happened. Oh, really? It seems like that's something that we can definitely do nowadays. Somebody says one thing on Twitter and like, oh, you know, cancel that person. I know, right? Yep. It's the, uh, the courtroom of public opinion these days instead of the courtroom of facts. Yeah, it's, uh, you're guilty until proven innocent, not the other way around. Uh, but this guy was guilty. Guilty as fuck. And you can't go into court and convict a guy for child molestation or sexual assault when there's nothing to corroborate it. Well, that's true. You can't even do that now. You actually have to have something in, in the actual court to bring to actual court to, uh, convict someone. So Detective Martinez had had, had enough experience with children and to know that their accounts are not always accurate. That's true. I mean, we had a lot of uh, cases we covered on this show where kids were coached. They were coached by their parents to say things like uh, their uh, birth parents are Satan worshippers. Right. Arguably, some of the Michael Jackson cases were uh, were were phony. You know, I well, yeah, a good chunk of them were proven to be phony, and even the one that is in the that has been in the news is a bunch of more bullshit. Um. But people bought into it because you know that's this cancel culture. You know, people don't. Well, it was kind of on the he- rock the boat. It was kind of on the heels of the Me Too movement, so people were kind of in yes. witch hunt mode. Like, let's get everybody. Speaking of Me Too, do you hear about the Corey Feldman? You know, the the uh, that whole pay- thing, pay per view thing. Yeah, my truth. Uh huh. And, and how uh, the 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 stream got hacked. Uh, uh-uh, I didn't hear about uh-huh. any of that. Yeah, really, but hacked is in quotes, because I think what happened is he just wasn't prepared for as many people to be on the stream at once, so uh, it crashed. But then he put uh, the stream up for 25 hours the next day and did a few other things. The reason why I don't buy the hacking thing is because there was a live video or something with him, with uh, the press, and things are happening, and he's there's a video of him going like, Oh my god, it's hackers. You know, and his acting is so bad. Like, you can tell he's fucking faking it. But anyway, uh, he revealed, 
speaking of uh, child molesters, uh, he he revealed uh, some names. Uh, one name is, is has been kind of floating around there anyway as a rumor is Charlie Sheen. Really? Uh, yeah. Wow. Um, he revealed. He said Charlie Sheen uh, molested uh, Corey Haim, uh, but that's something that has been discussed previously. So that's not a new revelation. Uh, new to me. And even Corey. Corey Haim's um, mother denied the allegation. Um, but, I paid her uh, hush money. Maybe, like, hey, I don't know. Say this shit know. didn't happen, we'll give you $2 million. And then there was like a, a guy who worked at a nightclub uh, and and worked with uh, the two Corys that was announced. There was a rumor that Bob Saget, but then things didn't, he didn't actually go through with it. Um... And so a lot of the the names that were brought up were names uh, that he had already kind of mentioned before. So it was a little bit, but the thing that's you know, I definitely do believe that something happened to both Corys, and I definitely do believe that they were molested. Um, the full details of it, I don't know. I think, especially when it comes to Corey Haim, only he, you know, he's no longer with us, so there's no way to really know the true uh, reality of that. But. I thought it was just incredibly shady for Corey, for Corey Feldman to charge people twenty dollars to to watch this and then to try to co- cover it up by saying, "Oh, it was uh, for legal fees." I'm like, Bullshit. was it like a like, like a full fledged documentary or was it yeah, him just? Sit- it was. It was a it was a full fledged documentary, so to speak. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, kind of like renting a movie or well. But the thing is, but I, it, it's just. The subject material, you know, like you could have like, I don't know, and the whole pay-per-view thing, like it just, I just felt a little shady to me. Like if he said, okay, I'm going to donate all the proceeds to this particular charity or something, you know? Feels a little exploitive. Yeah, it feels really exploitive. Uh, The trailer for it was exploitive. It even used the font for the Lost Boys, you know, to try to get Lost Boys fans to... To, yeah, like like know, they're making they're making it. a commodity out of you know molestation and like this really you know like bad shit. They're trying to like turn it into like this like commodity, like a a, a Hollywood picture or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I thought it was a little shady, but anyway, uh, I thought that was somewhat relevant because it happened fairly recently. Uh, the whole. Well, I was waiting for us to truly get off, you know, topic because it wouldn't be a podcast <laughs> if we didn't do it. So I was kind of just letting you go with that because it's like, oh yeah, we haven't really, you know, we haven't gotten off topic for a long extended period of time yet. So had to, had to add that extra flavor. Yeah, exactly. No. Well, that's what's that's what's unique about our podcast. So, so, uh, but also, I mean, it, it's it's difficult subject matter we're talking about. So, I mean, it just made it even more difficult. Yep, apparently, yeah, because there was nothing funny about that. It was just uh, more, no, more pain and suffering. That's what Mike brings to the table. Um, I'm a regular pinhead over here. Just opening up the lamentation configuration box. <laughs> God damn it! With your fucking deep movie references. <laughs> so anyway, um, so Detective Martinez, she had enough experience with children to know their accounts are not always accurate, so she had to corroborate the boy's story. She brought him to a child specialist who questioned the boy further. Martinez watched the interview on a video monitor. What came out of the interview is the victim said that all the students in his class had seen what occurred. When we heard that, everybody's opinion was, okay, we know that's not true. So despite her doubts, Martinez immediately interviewed all the children in the boy's class. They all denied seeing anything. 
She decided to interview the boy again. This time, the boy admitted that he had lied about the other students seeing the assault. He said that he was scared during the first interview, and he thought that his lie would end the questioning. But according to Teresa, the boy claimed that Frank Montenegro did, in fact, attack him. The kid was just so believable. His demeanor wasn't one of being untruthful. And you know, he just wasn't lying, and, and I believed him. And the reenactment... See, Unsolved Mysteries did a really good job handling this as tastefully as they possibly could. Because they easily could have made this salacious and like really just dirty. But they didn't. Because Unsolved Mysteries is not going to do that. That's not their approach. But it was still really... I, I still have to admit, it was very uncomfortable to watch even a kid in a reenactment talk about this man touching him there. Yeah, I mean, they didn't get too explicit with it or anything. No, you know, it's, they didn't, but still. Yeah, for... You know, for, even uh, though they didn't get too explicit, I mean, it, it, for now, it it's just the thought of it. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know, I still... For me, it's just... It's... it's, it's just i don't know it's just solid confusion like i i I just don't get what the appeal is you know i I I don't get you know the lengths that people are willing to go to to ruin everything for uh something that i can't even see the value in you know yeah I know. Uh, then again, I think it's a it's, I think it's a psychological absolutely is. Thing. They can't help themselves. You know, that's why there are so many repeat offenders, you know. It's just like Yeah. It's unfortunate that uh and it's such a widespread kind of Ill, mental illness, you know. It's like what I mean, uh, religions, Catholic, the Catholic Church. Uh, I remember reading that the Catholic Church there was a large spike in pedophilia because of the fact that they are celibate, they're forced to be celibate. These priests, uh, they're uh, locked up. There's a, a, it seemed like the whole uh, format, the whole approach to their religion, created this psychological uh, problem with numerous priests, and also priests uh, that were previously molested. So they were essentially born into or uh thrown into this repetitive uh environment of of molestation so much so to the point where it didn't necessarily seem like something that was that um not necessarily crazy but it wasn't something that was uh unknown to them but I always find that weird. Like, if somebody did it to you, why do you want to do it to somebody else? You know, wouldn't you think you'd want to do the opposite? Yeah, I mean, I guess if you didn't know the difference between right and wrong, and you thought what happened to you was like, you know, okay or justified or whatever, then maybe you justify why you do it to someone else. But yeah. I can't help but you know, there's no way everyone is that stupid who does that it's like it's like you know no. you know it's wrong and well i mean especially you know if you're in religion you're or you're a teacher like you should know that's the wrong. only people who get a pass in this situation are like little kids who experiment with each other you know like who play doctor or whatever i mean every kid yeah every kid has some kind of st- story where them and a- another fellow little and when i say every little kid i i mean i did this and i don't know if uh mm-hmm. you know how common it is but 
you know, your cousins, your friends, whatever. You look at each other's wee-wees. You might, you know, whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I... I thought it was, uh, I was kind of freaked out about it growing up because I thought I thought I was gay, you know, because I was like this, yeah. this this boy and I was a boy as well. And we didn't do anything overtly sexual, but we, you know, kind of like rubbed against each other and shit. And I remember that like it, it aroused me at that age when you're con- <laughs> oh, wow. when you're confused and you don't, you know, you, yeah. boys and girls don't even really yeah. look all that different. They both are very feminine and whatever the hell this is getting weird um but yeah it's getting really weird but i remember <laughs> to finally mentioning well you know what this might help some people out there who maybe have dealt with this too yeah i remember mentioning yeah. it to my friend and she's like yeah i did that too with a uh, my girl cousin and uh and then other people said oh yeah i did that blah 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 and then i learned that it was actually a lot more common than what i thought and then i didn't feel so alone and weird about it anymore um mm-hmm. but yeah no i mean to me like that's that's just kids, you know, not knowing what they're doing and just being curious about their human bodies. Well, yeah, the, yeah, the kids, you know, kids don't really know everything that an adult in this situation would. But if you know got an adult in there right who who like or... knows exactly what they're doing, you know, that's that's yeah. when it gets sketchy. I mean, it's probably not good for two kids to like bat around each other's no. genitals, but you know, I, I don't think it's as harmful as when an, an adult bats around a kid's genitals. We we got we've officially gotten into weird territory, but whatever. It's just <laughs> I just mean, my opinion. Well, I mean, we, we you know, we, aren't we always in some kind of yeah, weird territory? Yeah, yeah. I can't I can't help it. <laughs> it's my nature. I have to. This is a weirdo over I here. I gotta yeah. I gotta go into the areas of society that are, that are gray or have question marks, and I like exploring those areas because yeah, you know what what why even listen to this podcast where we're gonna talk a bunch of, about a bunch of safe bullshit. You're listening to this in your head right now with headphones, probably. I already know you have fucked up thoughts between your ears as it is. I'm just another fucked up thought right now, okay? I'm just another thought that's probably inappropriate that you're going to keep to yourself, okay? You're not going to tell anyone, and we're just going to, this is going to be our little secret. All right. Fantastic. (laughs) So, um, Detective Martinez searched Montenegro's classroom where the victim said the incident took place. As she made her way to the back, she found something she did not expect to see in an elementary school. Through a nondescript door, there were two hidden rooms. Teresa claimed the rooms were separated by a two-way mirror. And this was really trippy. There should be no reason for a two-way mirror between the two rooms. I'm thinking, why would he need that? And in my mind, as an investigator, I'm thinking, this guy's probably filming these acts. The way the two rooms are set up in the back, if Frank wanted to do this with a child... It can shut those doors. And even if somebody walked into the classroom, they wouldn't be able to see what was going on. I'm wondering, how the hell did he, was he able to even do that? Like, how did the people at the school not be like, uh, Mr. Montenegro, why do you need a, a secret room in your classroom with, with a two-way mirror? It wasn't necessarily a secret room. It could have been like a room that that could have been. It was a hidden room. It wasn't. It, was, it wasn't hidden. It was like an auxiliary room that he turned into his pedo room. Um, the two way glass definitely should have been some kind of red flag because well, there's yeah, no that. way that it came equipped with that. Schools don't typically have no. two way glass in these back auxiliary kind of rooms. But yeah, he turned it into his little pedo hut because I remember we had 
uh, at my old elementary school, we had rooms where it was like a classroom and then uh, like these two doors that separated us from another classroom and it had a sink in there. And I mean, I guess in theory, if you had a classroom and then again with those double doors and then the other room, instead of making it another classroom, you just make it like this auxiliary room. In this instance, it had a computer in there. And I guess hit the whole excuse was, oh, well, this is the computer room where I'm, I'm showing the kids. Uh, I'm, I'm tutoring them on how to use computers or something, I imagine, is the story mm-hmm. he went with. They show the they show reenactment. Once again, it's very, rather tasteful, but it's still really disturbing. Of you know uh, uh, sequences of the actor playing Mr. Montenegro taking a kid to the back room, and it's all shadowy and dark, and you're just like, oh, he's like, hey, uh, feel- yeah, look at this computer, it's pretty sweet, huh? Yeah, and he's like rubbing his back and shit. Yeah, reminds me of that yeah. documentary capturing the Freedmen's where the um the mm-hmm. dad who taught a computer that's actually a really good documentary i mean it, it's bad it's a bad documentary as far as the subject matter but it was well done yeah um we should talk about that one some well maybe we should okay. maybe, we could but i think uh, i think some of our listeners don't really like the when we talk about that subject matter it doesn't okay. bother me personally because it didn't happen to me but i could see if it happened to someone they don't really want to listen to a podcast about it i don't know anyway it's a good documentary if yeah. you're into like crime and well we're talking about a case you know like this <laughs> yeah well i mean you know i don't know i can't not i'm not gonna not talk about because it, it makes some people uncomfortable but at the same time it's like i don't want to i wanted to talk about it because i thought it, it it's it's just such a shocking case, and and I think it, it's an example of how someone can be a pillar of their community. They can be considered this wonderful, angelic person, and then be an absolute devil. In yeah, well, that's the whole like. That's why it's interesting, is because he was like a pillar of the community. He was the last person you would expect to have this deep dark secret, and then he has this like deep dark secret, and that's like kind of what, yeah. what makes it, it to me at least an interesting case. So, when Martinez returned the next day, the two-way mirror had been replaced with a regular pane of glass. Which is crazy, like, that he was able to do that in that period of time, or whoever. Yeah. Fearing that Montenegro might suddenly have become aware of her investigation, Martinez shifted into high gear. She had a search warrant secured for Montenegro's home. And when we searched his room, we found gifts for smaller kids and books about sex with younger kids. Now, that one was like, what? Like, there's actually books (laughs) about sex with younger kids? Yeah, this was like, uh, I mean, the same with the uh, capturing the freedmen's. The the dad had all these like child, like child porn mail order catalogs that, uh, you know, had all these like, you know, kids on display, essentially doing these, you know, things. And it's like, who are the people? That was like the Who's Johnny thing, right? The catalogs, right? Something like that. But I'm like, who is is running these catalogs? How are they not getting caught? You know, Mm -hmm. how are people subscribing to these and being okay with the fact that someone out there is clearly like sex trafficking these kids, you know, capturing them because none of the kids are like into this or wanting to do it. Yeah, the whole thing's fucked up. To put it lightly. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to like even elaborate about it more because it's just, yeah, I I don't blame you. Like, especially, you know. You know, people are probably even more on edge or on that 
cliff right now. So, uh, now we're starting to get some things that are going to help me corroborate the profile of a child molester. Uh, Montenegro was not home during the search, but a female relative was. Detective Martinez says the relative then made a disturbing revelation. She told me of an incident involving another victim that was found in Frank's bedroom naked. Like, she was like, she just comes up and is like, are you here about the naked boy? (laughs) Like, excuse me? Yeah. She was just matter of fact, just like, tells the police officer, like, it, it, uh, ma'am, the did, police officer. She must have been like, "What? Ma'am, did you the did fuck? you tell anybody else about this naked boy? Uh, I hope this wasn't your best kept secret." Like, no, she did report it though, but to a different police yeah. agency than them. Yeah. So after hearing about the possibility of a second incident, Martinez brought Montenegro in for questioning. We talked to him for close to four hours, and in the whole time, he never denied that he did anything. It was always, "No, it couldn't have been me." Uh, not, "No, I didn't do it." It was very passive, very, very clear to us that he wasn't being truthful. But it was still the word of a little boy who had already lied against that of a well-respected teacher and a community leader. For charges as serious as child abuse, it wasn't enough for an arrest warrant. To seal her case, Detective Martinez needed the testimony from a second victim. She discovered that a neighboring police department held an outstanding complaint against Montenegro involving another boy. Fearing that Montenegro might take off, Martinez raced to the school and pulled the boy out of a class for interview for an interview his eyes started tearing up and he looked as if oh my gosh i'm caught i need to talk i knew that something had happened to that kid detective martinez claimed that after gentle questioning the boy finally revealed the unsettling details of montenegro's assault the stories he told me were probably some of the most horrific stories i've ever heard and to even picture in my mind how this guy did these things to this little boy it made me sick and it broke my heart to see this little kid, who was a great little boy, think that he was bad when he wasn't bad at all. And I got a little choked up reading that because, like, that's just some fucked up shit. I mean, it really is. Yeah. And he probably guilt-tripped these kids. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, we... Well, what was the, the thing that, um... Oh, the, the um... Uh, abducted in plain sight documentary where the yep. guy was telling her hey you know you did this stuff too like we'll both go to jail if you say anything mm-hmm. and she was like you know 13 years old whatever like yeah or the whole thing like if you don't do this like your your sister's gonna die you know your mom's gonna All die this you know, alien crap about like yeah oh, god that was such a crazy ass documentary yeah, it was nuts so martinez now had the cooperation she needed to arrest frank montenegro uh, or, you know, more like he's just a monster, really. Uh, but it was too late. Montenegro was already long gone. Six days after he was interviewed by police, a car rented in his name was found abandoned more than a thousand miles away in La Paz, Mexico. Montenegro's whereabouts are currently unknown, but police believe he has likely returned to the United States. Frank Montenegro is five foot ten, and when he was last seen, he weighed 230 pounds. He has friends in the San Diego area and a family in Kansas. I mean, I gotta be honest, the photo they used for him, does it have a little, some pedo vibes, or is it just because we know he's a pedophile? The, like, the main one at the top of the page? Yeah. He just looks like some happy Hispanic guy in mid-clap, like he's clapping at, yeah. like, a joke or something that he thought was yeah, funny. Yeah, I think that's that's it. We It has pedo vibes because we, we 
have the knowledge that he is a pedo. I don't think it has pedo vibes. I don't think he looks like a pedo in that picture. No, I said we, it has pedo vibes now. Well, yeah, because he is. <laughs> That's I mean, what I'm talking I, about. You know, like, like fucking Marie Hilly's picture has murderer vibes because she is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're right. So he was actually captured, though. An anonymous tip led FBI agents, the LAPD, and California Department of Corrections Parole Division to a community home in Boyle Heights, neighborhood of Los Angeles, where Montenegro had been living. On August 12, 2015, like he had been out for a while, they arrested him after chasing him on foot and engaging in a brief struggle. He was then extradited to Alameda County to face molestation charges. At his trial, both of his victims testified. Disturbingly, he was accused of masturbating... During the trial while they testified. Wow. Wow. That's a first. I've never heard that happen before. Holy fuck. Jeez. What a horrible fucking person. Monster. That, again, again. Monster Negro. uh, Monster Negro. (laughs) Monster Negro. Uh. God damn coronavirus. Um That no that's like uh that's like again capturing the freedmans apparently when the dad finally got locked up he was telling this investigator about um one of the molestation cases and the investigator noticed cuz of the the constant shifting that uh the the guy was actually getting like hard like t- even describing what Ooh. he did. Mm. God wow. so fucking weird man. Yeah sick yeah so in march of 2017 he was convicted of 13 felony counts including child molestation and sentenced to 195 years to life in prison good he's never gonna get out of there yeah he's gonna die and rot in his and uh (laughs) his fellow inmates ain't gonna take too kindly to the fact that he's a pedo we'll see if he even lives it's, it's like, full, hey, uh, I just life I just robbed a convenience store and shot a full grown man when his back was turned. But you molested a kid. You're fucked. Like, yeah, even like a lot of criminals, they're just going to be like mobsters. Like people, people have done some really fucked up shit and made a living doing fucked up shit, like screwing people over in terms of money, racketeering, drugs. They're going to look at this guy and be like, you know, fuck him. <laughs> I'm, you know, even criminals, they have lines that they draw in the sand. Yeah. And most of them would admit that this is crossing that line. Yep. Um, wow. And then they'd find out he masturbated. You fucking jacked off during the trial. You're fucking dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's that's Jesus Christ, man. I'm still like, I mean, this, this, this monster Negro has so many different fucking aspects of his, of his personality and who he is. It just throws me for a loop. I mean, the whole, like he's a pillar of his community, but he's a child molester who has a a secret, um, pedo room in his classroom. And now he's fucking jacking guess, off in the in a trial. I guess when he got like, oh well, I guess when he got caught, he's just like fuck it. Everyone knows it, the jig's up. I'm just gonna have fun. I'm just gonna jerk off right now. 
Like the, the, uh, nobody, nobody is fooled by me anymore. I am, I am the monster Negro that everyone now knows me as. So I'm gonna spank my monkey while it's still free before Oof. he becomes the one that's molested. Ha! By the inmates in cell block two one C four nine. Wow. So uh, that's the case of Frank Montenegro, um, uh, a total monster of a man who uh, got the justice that he definitely deserved. Indeed. Uh, I feel, excuse me, I just get a little sick kind of thinking about, you know, all these, you know, kids and, you know, how, how their lives have been forever damaged by his actions. And I I hope that they're adjusting as well as they can now and are having uh, lives that are full of as much happiness as they can have right now. Because those are scars that just, they don't go away. They stick with you. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, thankfully I wouldn't know, but from everything I've heard, it's, uh, it's, it's a very... It's something you carry with you like a ball and chain. Yeah. That is your t- well, I mean, I'm just wondering what these kids would, you know, wh- how things would be like for them school-wise. Did, did they end up being homeschooled or something? Like, I mean, it would be one of those things that would be like, I don't want to go to school, you know? They probably have had trust issues with their teachers for their entire time in the school system, and you can't blame them. Yeah. Just all kinds of fucked up. All right, well, so uh, (laughs) thank you, folks, for uh, um, dealing with this uh, all the all this uh, fucked up shit with us. Um, We hope it wasn't so fucked up that um, you decided I can't take it and just left. But if 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 that was something you decided to do, fine. I mean, it's just one of those things where. It's just a pretty rough situation we're in right now, and uh, are we talking about the coronavirus or the molestation? Uh, the coronavirus. Oh, okay. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the coronavirus in terms of how it's a rough situation that we're in right now. So for some people, talking about rough stuff like this can make it rougher, or um, it can completely distract them from the coronavirus. Yes, and uh, possibly. You know, that could be something. Possibly. Either way, uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Yes, um, again, what a weird segment to trail off of and then say we hope yes. you enjoyed it, but <laughs> yeah, I bet that's what one of the prisoners uh, said to Frank when he was in there after he got done, you know, doing his thing. He probably whispered, yeah. his, hey, I hope you enjoyed it, see? Why did I make him Hispanic? <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't know, because maybe the gang that he associated with would have to be Hispanic. I don't. That's how it is in prison. You know what? You think we're that woke of, of a country or as a society? Go to prison. That it breaks down into your skin color faster than you you can say duckbill platypus. All the whites get together okay. and the blacks get. You know, shut up, Mike. You know, shut up. Don't act like you've never yeah had a no. A, I, I, it's the duckbill platypus thing. brain salad. Like, I, I get you. No, I, <laughs> I get what you mean by by uh, the race thing in prison. 
But um, anyway, um, I completely understand why you guys don't want to listen to us anymore after this episode. Um, <laughs> I would be in the same boat as you, honestly. I had to listen to myself say these words. How do you think I feel? Um, but anyway, to divert and uh, distract. We're also a little rusty, folks. It's it's we're we're adjusting to the whole bi weekly. Oh thing. come on, Mike. You so know that's not you, you, you know that's not an excuse. <laughs> anyway, if you want to join our Facebook group, which surprisingly we still get people every day wanting to join our group, although the amount of people who have not actually heard of our podcast and who just want to join the group because it talks about mysteries is just kind of crazy to me. But uh, there are still people every now and then that's like, yeah, I love the podcast. Uh, those are the people we want. The people who don't listen to the podcast, who are joining because they, quote, just really love mysteries, is getting old. There are no mysteries per se on that group. It is for people who are fans of this podcast who have some kind of, I don't know, unsolved mysteries related thing, something interesting, something cool, maybe something mysterious, but that's not, you know, that's not the whole focus of the group. It's the 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 group exists because our podcast so yeah so if you if you don't listen to the podcast then don't join the group but nobody who isn't listening to the podcast would be listening to this right now anyway you get what i'm saying go to facebook (laughs) go to the group section search uncovering unexplained mysteries and you can join our group it's a great group fantastic group great group a lot of people have been saying it's the best group fantastic numbers a lot of people are very impressed very impressed with our group uh that was my donald trump sad donald trump impression i wanted bert oh it's a it's a better impression than i i could i wanted do, bernie so to get to get the uh, nomination and win the election because i can actually do a good bernie sanders uh impersonation guys i'm telling you right now do we need to get the health care situation under control we have the millionaires and the billionaires who are controlling everything Healthcare is a right, we deserve it, and we've got to take the power back. Like, I could do Bernie Sanders all day long, but... This is Larry David. Kind of, yeah, a more exaggerated, more exaggerated Larry David. Anyway, join our Facebook group. You can uh, uh, donate to us on Patreon. It's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You get the podcast early, whatever that means nowadays. (laughs) Um... And you can choose what we talk about um, or, you know, ask us questions or just give us money because you feel like what we do, like, deserves some kind of monetary compensation. Um, I know there's a model of everything. You should get everything for free nowadays. But, um, yeah, it takes time and production and shit on my end, especially editing and all to do it. So it's nice when I get... A little bit of kickback from that makes it a little bit more worth it. But um, any hoozles. You can just help him out. Uh, also, um, <laughs> you can check out me and Mike's YouTube channels. Uh, you can find Mike at YouTube.com slash OCP Communications. He's a movie guy. If you haven't realized that at this point, he talks about movies and reviews movies. What was the last thing you did there on there? So last video I posted is a review of the 1959 horror film House on Haunted Hill with Vincent Price. With spooky skeletons, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I I can see it becoming a Halloween staple because it's just it just it just gives me those Halloween vibes. Well, I mean, it's you a, know, it's a nice, fun old old school haunted house. Flip. It only came out like you know sixty something years ago. I'm sure it'll catch on any minute now as a classic Halloween flick. 
<laughs> it's good for 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 a, a film from the late fifties. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. We'll um, catch on. Just give it another sixty years, and you know, a lot of people do enjoy Vincent Price. So. Well, yeah, he's a classic. Um, I, I even know who that is, believe it or not. So, uh, and then I also did a, a vlog where I gave my thoughts on coronavirus mm. and a few other things, and so on and so forth. Uh, so. Yeah, that's really what I got going on right now. Um, I, I got some other... I'm going to review some more House in the Haunted Hill films, and then I got some more uh, videos I got planned. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's what I got on there. Josh has his own channel on YouTube. Yes, youtube.com slash Dancing with Ghosts. Uh, I mainly do videos about music and music-related topics, uh, little mini-documentaries, uh, stuff like that. The last video I did, I finally delivered on my Christian grunge was a thing, and it was weird. Uh, I'd take a look at 90s Christian grunge. Uh, this is a good video. Thank you. The main band ushering that in would be DC Talk with their album Jesus Freak, with the single of the same title really spawning or kicking off the uh, Christian grunge movement. Um and so you can check that out, and there's a bunch of other cool videos on there. Um, my upcoming video is probably going to be... Where is it at? Um, I made a note of it on here. Oh, it's going to be bands that ripped off other bands. So... Ah. Um, Yes. And it sounds like it might be a pretty extensive video because there's a lot of bands that have done that. So if you thought that uh, the Beach Boys wrote, um, I think it was, uh, I forget which song it is. There's one song that they completely ripped off from Chuck Berry. Uh, If you Mm -hmm. really like Come As You Are by Nirvana, well, guess what? A band from the 80s called Killing Joke uh, had a song way before Nirvana had Come As You Are, and it was the same exact guitar riff. It almost got to the point to where Nirvana was uh, worried about getting sued over it. So, corn um, mm-hmm. rip sounds similar to the whole uh, joke stealing thing. You know, where where comedians are accused of stealing jokes. Or is this? I think with music, potential... it's a it's a hundred times easier to prove. You know, does yeah, it? Does it? Is. It's a lot easier to prove with with uh, music uh, with with comedians. I've seen some of the proof people have, and I'm like, eh, it's. It seems like it's not exactly the same, but then like they switch some things up, and who knows? They could have had the same thought process. Comedians, and and I I don't really under I don't get why people think that every comedian is gonna go on YouTube and look up every single fucking joke for their set to make sure that no one has ever said anything similar previously. Do you think they have the time to do that? You think comedians have the time to every single time they get a set together they have to search? the fucking internet probably not they don't have the time for right that. but with that being said i do think carlos mencia was like one of the biggest uh examples well, yeah, for of sure someone but at did. the same time he probably had other jokes where he didn't yeah steal i'm sure anything. but i mean you know once you get that reputation it's just kind of like you know, know fuck you, you it know? is it is I, I i get it um like vanilla ice and queen yeah, and, and, <laughs> and look it's one thing to well that's a perfect example it's one thing to sample uh, a piece of music and give credit, 
you know, in the liner notes or whatever to the original artist and compensate them and not even try to deny that it was from another song. But this video that I'm going to be making looks at the people who don't even acknowledge that that the song or the riff was stolen. Because, you know, rappers do this all the time. They take they sample a, com- a complete yeah. guitar riff. Didn't, didn't the Blurred Lines guy get sued? Yep, by Marvin Gaye. He- uh, Marvin Gaye's yeah. family for... Um, uh, I, I forget the name of the Marvin, but that's going to be included in my video because they're mm-hmm. an example. They 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 went to court saying we did not, uh, we did not take that uh, that song or we did not lift the, you know. And and with that one, I'm going to probably classify these songs in different categories, like ones that are just straight mm-hmm. up ripoffs and ones that are more gray area. Because there was yeah. one with uh, Tom Petty, um, uh, I think it's Last Dance with Mary Jane and Red Hot Chili Peppers, yeah. Danny California. The the verses uh-huh. are like almost identical uh, as far as like or or like the the one uh, Huey Lewis. Oh know, yeah, and the Ray, Ray Clark Jr. Yeah, Ray Parker Jr. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I I don't I that's kind of a gray area that one for me. Really, I, that's I a think gr- they're different that's a gray enough. area. I think they're different enough. The riff is like exactly the same. Like, I want a new drum. No. Ghostbuster. Or no, it's, uh, which one? Anyway, whatever. Yeah. See, that's different. See, I, I, it doesn't, I don't think it's the same thing. It's kind of a great I'm going to investigate that one and see what... But uh, then I, I'm a little biased, so that that's that could be it too. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not in that matter. But anyway, we're clocking at two hours here, and I've got to take a dump. So uh, in, until right. next, until two weeks from now, ladies and gentlemen, we will talk to you later. Goodbye. See ya. Just want to remind everyone who might be a fan of my band, Dancing with Ghosts, that we have new shirts for sale. It's like a Brady Bunch theme, but with all the characters from our music videos. If that's not a shirt you can wear to your cousin's bat mitzvah, I don't know what is. The link to purchase the new shirt is in the description of this podcast. Alright. Oh. Sorry, I gotta get my radio voice ready. Sounds like Goofy... Uh, Getting a blowjob, maybe? It sounds like Goofy Miscavige. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, I'd like to tell you guys about Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> that's, his new, that's his new way of uh, promoting Scientology now. You know, it's, it's, it's all, like, for kids. Scientology you kids are full kids. of something called Phaetons, and they make you feel bad. Elrod <laughs> Hubbard will show you the way to make you feel good and expel all those nasty Thetans. <clears throat> it's been a while since I've seen the way the candles light your face. It's been a while, but Mike, I can still remember just the way you taste. It's true. Okay. <laughs> you don't want me to remember it, but I do. Uh, I bet you taste like saltiness and uh, <laughs> dandruff. <laughs> Isn't that what uh, pretty much everyone would taste like? Especially now? Skin follicles <laughs> and sweat. Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's starting to heat up in Florida, so... So that's nice. All right. Where, Did wh- you hear about the church in Florida? That, like, uh, 
posted a video that went a little bit viral where they're all like, if we're we're still gonna do our, we're still gonna gather uh, together, and you know, if if we get all, oh, if we get Corona, then it's God's plan. You know that whole sort of thing. Yeah, it sounds like Florida. No, yeah. sounds like the South in general. <laughs> Color me unsurprised. <laughs>